Welcome to Get Over It, the Consciousness Transforming Podcast for Exceptional 21st Century Living. I am so glad you guys are with us today. We're, um, Maggie Kradak is back. She's had such a response from her uh, visit with us in October regarding her life, her book, Lifeboat, Navigating Unexpected Career Change and Disruption. So she came back today, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that, and we're also going to cover... Um, <clears throat> a few other things that's going to be very helpful in some thought-provoking issues because one thing that Maggie's really good at is allowing you to think. And if you think for yourself, then you can change for yourself. So I'm grateful that she's here with us. Now, the information shared on Get Over It uses intuitive and pragmatic insight to help you shift your consciousness to break through the blocks and release energy that is no longer needed. Yes, we're going to help you let go of the BS that is holding you back. But you guys know I always ask that question, are you truly ready to? And by the way, folks, BS is belief system. Now, a bit about me from my new listeners, Intuitive Since Birth. I'm a third-generation intuitive with over three decades of experience supporting people to break through the blocks along their path. I'm a strategist for personal and professional transformation, revealing cutting-edge information that enables you to prosper and thrive. I spent 25 successful years in corporate America as an executive sales professional, and I'm the founder of Healing Visions Ministries and the Northern California Children's Education Network at 501c3 Nonprofit. I also authored two books. I provide consultations and healings in all areas of life that heal the mind-body-spirit connection, allowing you to live your very best life. My clients tell me that I keep it real while providing them with accurate information to assist them along their journey as a spirit living a human existence, but they also say, if you really don't want to know, don't ask Monique. My background includes a doctorate in metaphysics, Reiki master teacher, ordained minister, and clinical hypnotherapist, so whether you are stressed, depressed, or possessed, I can help you. To find out more about me and the services I offer, go to my website, and that's MoniqueChapman.com. Excuse me. I invite you to like me on Facebook and follow me on Twitter and LinkedIn. My guest today, Maggie Craddock, is an executive coach with over 20 years of experience working with clients at all levels of the professional spectrum. Best known for her work with the Fortune 500 CEOs and senior management teams, Maggie has coached people at all levels of the professional spectrum. She's been featured on CNBC, ABC News, um, NPR, and quoted in numerous magazines, including the Wall Street Journal, Forbes, and the Chicago Tribune. And you can check her out at her website, and that's workplacerelationships.com. Again, that's workplacerelationships.com. And if you are working outside the home or you know anyone who's working outside the home, her book, Lifeboat, Navigating Unexpected Career Change and Disruption, is a must-read. She brings up the issues. She gives you answers that at least you can start your basis with and then expand from there. She doesn't preach to you. She teaches you. So I am grateful, Maggie, that you're here. Welcome. Welcome back. Thank you so much, Monique. I'm delighted to be back with you. Oh, thank you. I am so glad, too. Now, your book, uh, Lifeboat, you talk about, you know, the work experience and the good, the bad, and the ugly, <laughs> and I'm so grateful <laughs> for that. And, folks, um, again, the first show aired in October, so you can check that out on the archives. archives. But, um, Maggie, talk to us about relationships workplace relationships in the virtual working world. Now, I'm not talking um, 
workplace relationships where, you know, two are hooking up. I'm talking about true one-on-one <laughs> professional relationships. Okay. So talk to us about that in the virtual world. Well, How you know, we it's really, it, it's very important to do something that we, we all realize will make us better leaders, managers, heck, it's going to make us better followers too. And that's to focus not just on how we're coming across or transactionally what we want to accomplish or what we want to say, but to remember to consider how other people feel about themselves in the course of communicating with us and especially afterwards in our delivery. That, that really, that deep dive into empathy mm-hmm. that keeps us from just being transactional and helps us establish rapport with other people has never been more important. You know, since COVID, uh, I, I have worked with many people, some in technology firms, but many just in a wide variety of industries who are getting information from their, their leaders, their superiors in, in chat boxes at the same time that they're required to juggle complex conversations with clients and do all of this. And it all starts to feel so demanding. Right? And like they're not being validated. They're just you know, being asked to do more and more and multitask more and more. And think about what that does to our energy, right? It, it, it really impacts that conversation we're having with ourselves where we start to feel like we can never do enough, we can never accomplish it, and in some ways makes us feel like we're all alone together. Right? Mm-hmm. So there's so many important techniques that we can take in, that we need to take in, not only to get through this thing nurturing our humanity, but to be effective on the job in terms of considering how we're approaching other people, our timing, our tempo, giving them room to talk about what's going on in their day and what they just came from before an important conversation. Mm-hmm. Because as we all know, when we're working remotely, Monique, you know, you just, you know, you're going from one meeting to another without that airlock of being able to, you know, walk down the hall to the next meeting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Clear your head. It just goes from one to the next. And, and that's not what we're used to as human beings. We're used to those, pauses that we used to get, where we went from one physical space to another, mm-hmm. and the way that just observing people around us in the workplace and that group energy helped us settle ourselves, helped us maintain our emotional boundaries and maintain our sort of our, our sense of continuity with the rest of the group. So a lot of these skills have to be personalized, and they've never been more important. Okay, but how do you personalize it? I mean, say you're working in a um, company environment that, frankly, is just toxic. I mean, they've got a negative company culture. How do you, I'm going to say survive, not even thrive, but survive in um, an energy like that when you know that things could be different if you could get people to listen. And there's many people saying the same thing, so it's just not like a negative net or negative Nelly, you know, spewing negativity. The company environment is subpar, and but they're expecting you to rise above it. How do you mesh those two together? Well, I, I think when it comes to listening, our ability to establish the confidence and the presence that it takes to be a good strategic listener with other people starts always with the conversations we're having with ourselves. Mm-hmm. It starts with our ability to listen to ourselves. Because if you're running around on automatic pilot, 
and you're in some kind of fog and you're trying to please other people and get validation from them and figure out what their expectations are all the time. You may not have that inner alignment of your thoughts and feelings and intentions that really creates that power core that keeps you rooted in your authentic self. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I always recommend to people, and they say, well, it's too time-consuming, but it's awfully time-consuming not to when you consider how much time we spend with our wheels churning, worrying about what other people think, right? Mm-hmm. It's extremely important to do the work you need to do to understand where your big trigger points are that drag you out of the present moment and into your personal narrative where you may have a tendency to cast yourself as a victim and other people as the ones who don't understand you, okay? Mm -hmm. That happens with people in their internal thought process, and it can take them from the present moment where they're noticing what's going on with other people and around them and drag them into a memory of the past or some projected future that's got all this emotional stuff, and they're not even with us in the present anymore, okay? Mm -hmm. So the key to getting out of that one, is really understanding all these things that I go through in books and in teaching about that, that process where you, you consider the thoughts and how they are normally and under pressure. Are you getting dragged into black and white thinking, right? This is good or bad, they're for me or against me. Your feelings, right? Mm-hmm. Are your feelings proportional to the moment? Or are they being amplified because what's going on now is dragging in the emotional charge of some narrative from your past, or some fear about your future. It's really important when we get to how we handle our money and our finances at a critical time like this, right? Mm -hmm. Our our relationships with other people. When we're present, we're able to do things like negotiate conflict in ways that fortify our personal uh, integrity rather than diminishing it. When we're under pressure sometimes and we get off kilter, that's where we can't find our voice, we can't speak truth to power, or we, we erupt and we come across as much more emotional than the situation might call for objectively, right? That's when we, we get tipped. Mm-hmm. And most important, it's that, is it them or is it me? Is it them or is it me? When we really look for those, those teaching moments, those narratives within ourselves that create that emotional turbulence, that internal conflict, we start to realize how important it is to align ourselves with organizations that reinforce our core values and sometimes figure out how to navigate our way out of or into different positions within those that don't. Because you can siphon off an awful lot of energy. It takes away from your genuine strengths and can hijack your career path for at least a a certain period of time if all of your energy gets swept up into working through the narrative that a dysfunctional or toxic relationship invites you to step into as opposed to being able to stay centered in yourself and really realize and, and embrace you know, this may be them, it's not me, but you're still, you're still not using that as justification for going into some sort of toxic posture yourself. You're mm-hmm. maintaining your own internal integrity, right? Yep. Okay, so we have found ourselves in an organization, things aren't going swimmingly well, and we figure it's time to go because, you know, there's no... They've read your book. They've done all the practices. It's just not working in within that energy of that arena. Um, during this time of COVID, has the search for good positions, the search for excellence in employees, has that left, or is it 
even tougher now that we will be work well a lot of people will be working from home for a while white collar anyway it's hard for me to say and i think it's hard for all of us to say how long this situation is going to going to last and how bad it's going to get okay i think when we started this monique we all sort of thought okay well you know this is just our uh our ability to respond to a crisis right we can mm-hmm. all do this temporarily and then it hasn't been so temporary, has no. it? You know, no. right? I mean, at first we thought, you know, this is going to be a few months, and then it was a year, and now, you know, we're coming into another year of this, and we're in a new political administration, and we're looking at new variants of this virus, and what's going on, and what is the new normal, and all of this. So it looks like it's going on for a while. It's easy to look at the negatives and focus on those, and they're very real about uh, certain industries really being stressed. And I think we're seeing what I would say is a lot of unfairness right now. It really does feel unfair, and I think it is unfair when we consider certain industries in, um, in the hospitality area, mm-hmm. in the restaurant area, and these areas where people, you know, used to be able to come together out of a sense of joy, being so stressed about being able to make it, Right. Mm-hmm. There are other areas where people are spoiled for choice because their skill set has been more around internet work, video, media, connecting people through devices, and that seems to be something that, that's had more of a renaissance and more of a resurgence at, the, at this time. There are, on the other hand, some opportunities that we never had in the past. You can, if you figure out how to navigate social media, and that's not the end of the world to figure out how to do it. It's a learning curve for some of us. There is a way to break through and talk to and have conversations with senior people and thought leaders that you couldn't reach the same way uh-huh. uh, by social media. So, so there's, there's less restrictions. First, to have an important conversation with someone, no one requires you now to make an appointment and get on a plane. And the other thing is because there's so many uh, thought leaders or important business leaders that are on social media that haven't been there in the past, if you reach out, um, mm-hmm. you're likely to have a little bit of a dialogue uh, with, with some of them. Now, you have to surf this piece I'm always talking about and about not being overly transactional and maintaining a balance with the personal side of this. Mm-hmm. But while there's some challenges on one hand, there are opportunities on the other. In the meantime, we don't know how bad it's going to get. We don't know how long it's going to last. And it brings us back to the one thing that we really need to be rock solid in, and that is confidence in our own decision-making process, not giving our power away, not allowing our sense of self to be put in the hands of other people, learning to validate ourselves, learning to be present, learning to get the most we can, at a very human level, out of the moments of our day. And sometimes I even say to people, um, Monique, you know, take 20 minutes a day and move at half your normal speed. Train yourself to be in the present moment and appreciate and find some gratitude for what you have at a human level and not for what you lack. Because even with all of this in this country at this time, we still have some amazing advantages and opportunities compared to people in other parts of the world. Oh, and I yes. truly believe that that energy of gratitude, right, is what keeps us grounded and what helps us understand the opportunities and resources that are right in front of us mm-hmm. that we can't afford to overlook at a time like this. 
No, we can't. You really give some um, grounded, um, clear-sighted advice on how to stay sane while we are going through this change. And uh, the information that you shared, for me, it's more than just the workplace. You can bring that same energy into your home space to uh, have things work a little bit better. So um, I really appreciate that. Now, in your book, you have a chapter that is titled Your Inner Iceberg. What is that? That inner iceberg is sort of a compacted cluster of, of, of fears, reactions, memories that we've learned to suppress. Because as we navigate our careers and our lives, most of us have been trained to keep our game face on and operate looking as reasonable and productive as possible. And I'm going to pick up on what you just said a minute ago, um, Monique, because you, you, you caused me to think about something, this idea of how we navigate ourselves as human beings, right? Mm-hmm. Most of us living with other people would consider it really rude to always be leaving our dishes out and our trash around and just walking away like someone else will take care of that, Right. You know, if we did that all the time, we'd have problems with our colleagues around the water cooler if we never made another pot of coffee, and we'd have problems in our homes with our spouses if we always left our mess and dirt everywhere behind us and just thought that someone else would just deal with that, right? Uh-huh. But consider what we do with our emotional energy. If we're not thoughtful about the very necessary role we play in maintaining a spirit of unity in our workplace, in our families, and in our communities, we can do the same thing with our energy and our attitude, leaving trash around for someone else to deal with because we're unconscious of it. That's really, if you think about it, the emotional equivalent of leaving dirty dishes all over the place and just assuming someone else will clean it up, right? Mm -hmm. So we're really in that place. It's like on those lifeboats where we need to consider not just us, but we need to make that shift and realize that we are part of creating the unifying energy around other people. Now that internal iceberg, that internal iceberg often comes from things like suppressed feelings from childhood. I had one client who told me that his father told him he'd never be good enough. He couldn't succeed at something. And even though he did succeed in his chosen field, he always carried around that ball and chain of that statement from his dad resonating in his subconscious that he would never make it. And he had such a steely, single-minded focus on work that even though he accumulated power and money, the way he went about doing it was preventing him from enjoying a full and happy life with his own family. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean about one of those buried internal icebergs, right? Mm-hmm. Or for some people, it's like, I'm a fake. I'll never be good enough, right? Or I can never know enough. Whatever that buried iceberg is, we need to understand it. Because when we're operating around in an environment with a lot of anxiety and fear, we can tap into that thing, and it prevents us from being able to stay in the present, respond effectively. It drags us down and sinks our ship into that narrative, right? Nobody ever gets us. Here we go again. Now, some days we're more prone to this than others, but the bottom line is when you really understand what your internal iceberg is, when you say, oh, gosh, I know. I always had these fights with my sister, and she got all the attention, and I didn't, and you know that's there. It's going to keep you from plunging into that narrative, from seeing that narrative as like a subtext in all the things that are challenging you in the course of your workday or your family, and navigating that in such a way that you realize, look, 
this is your internal iceberg, this is your narrative, but it's not necessarily the vantage point that other people are coming from. Uh That's what helps you write yourself and keep yourself in the right alignment in terms of your thought process and in terms of your feelings, not, not just getting cheapened into you're angry or you're frustrated or you're anxious. You can distill it down to the real emotional truth. Maybe you're disappointed. Maybe you're frustrated, right? These are things that are specific enough for us to be able to move them. But if we're not really clear about that narrative and what's coming from, we're just working with cheap emotional labels. And we're not really getting to the core of the feelings we need to move to be able to see the most effective way to navigate a challenge in the present moment. Mm. Okay, so if I'm understanding you correctly, it's yes, you might not be thrilled with your present situation or you could be thrilled in wanting things to be better, but it's important to be of the aware of the energy that you bring into that environment. And if you can manage your energy well, the outcome could be better for you. Well, well I, 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 absolutely. In my experience, Monique, most people don't get what they want because yeah. what they want, what they long for, tends to elude them because they've got an emotional energy around it that it's always okay. in the future and unattainable. Right? Mm-hmm. What they get is what they expect. If they expect okay. to be overlooked, if they expect to be ignored, if they expect to be invisible, if that's their expectation. Mm-hmm. It's a high probability that they're going to make it a self-fulfilling prophecy. And how you shift that so that the probability that you will get what you want is there is that you really achieve this inner alignment where you understand what that narrative is and you're not feeding it anymore. You walk into a meeting and instead of thinking, oh, I know they're going to ignore me today. I really wish they'd listen to my ideas. If you can figure out how to bring your emotional energy to neutral, you don't even have to be self-confident. Just don't keep playing that negative tune in the back of your mind. Mm-hmm. You may be really surprised about how people react to you. It may shift, and it's interesting to watch it from neutral and see the meaning you're making out of it. I'm not saying this fixes everything. But when we're clear in our inner alignment around what we're thinking, how we're feeling, and what our intentions are in the present moment, it is amazing how much personal power and energy we free up because Mm -hmm. that energy has been siphoned into those old narratives, those internal icebergs in the past. And now it's free to do whatever it wants to do. The people around you may not be perfect, but that's not your problem. Because the person you're focused on being able to to work through the situation effectively is you. you. That is the key, right, to charting your own course professionally and not having that dictated for you by outside forces, whether those forces are COVID, whether those forces are troubled kids or domestic problems, or whether those forces are unreasonable bosses. Mm-hmm. Um, based on your work during um, this last year, during COVID, have you seen shifts in uh, companies' posture toward people working at home? I mean, back when I was out there in a work world, boy, you'd beg to work from home and they'd put you through the rigors of, you know, understanding the internals of the computer in case it broke down and what are you doing with your kids, this, that, and the other. Are companies more trusting now that people will get on board and actually do the work and not find something else to do like laundry? (laughs) 
Well, you know, a lot of a lot of my um, my work has been, you know, sometimes with senior executives and teams. So I will confess that people often put their best foot forward with me uh, in, uh-huh. in in that work. Although, you know, again, we don't want we want to look past a false self, and we want people to be authentic. The first thing I've noticed is people in leadership positions are genuinely more concerned with what's going on at people at all levels within their organizations at a human level than I've noticed they've been in the past. Uh-huh. And to the extent, I, I, we all want to come out of this pandemic, but I do hope that senior managers around the world maintain that sense of concern about how people are being motivated at a human level even after we come out of this, right, and we're, uh-huh. we're, we're back in person together. And, and they really begin to understand that when it comes to the human level, it's not a one-size-fits-all thing. What some people value at a human level is a sense of affinity with others and being appreciated. What other people value is respect for their time and flexibility. What other people value is cutting-edge training and how to do all their computer stuff at home and the resources to do it. But whatever it is, people aren't expecting one size to fit, to fit all. Now, by the same token, what we're going through at a human level is, is, is a kind of a, a pretty different thing as well. I don't think people are worried about people just doing their laundry right now because people who have a job are so anxious about losing it and so grateful mm-hmm. to have kept it mm-hmm. that you have a lot of urgency going on there. Some of that's productive, some of that's not, because one of the most important things we need to do as human beings is learn to take breaks and have boundaries. Because if we're not replenishing our replenishing, excuse me, our personal power at a human level, we're mm-hmm. going to burn out. Or worse yet, we're going to be in walking burnout where we don't even realize we're burned out. <laughs> like sleepwalking. <laughs> I, I noticed I was burned out, but I don't have the time. So I just <laughs> and then they become, you know, a little, a little snippy with other people. Or, or worse yet, um, they, they're not proofreading things, right? They're like contracts. Mm-hmm. Or they're not paying attention to things. And that can get a little messy too. So mm-hmm. we really... We, we almost have to look at um, what's going on in the world right now as a giant mindfulness moment because you know how the great writers around mindfulness, like John Kabat-Zinn, are saying things like, you know, be in the present, take the pause, take the moment. Well, COVID has forced the whole world to do that. Mm-hmm. And so you're either with it and embracing the lesson going, well, I'm really upset today. Wow, what a lesson. Let me see what that has to teach me. And, and listen, I messed this up too, right? Mm-hmm. Or we're fighting it. But this one's tough to fight. We've kind of got to get in the flow of this one because it's taken over the whole globe. Right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Nobody has a more advantage than anybody else. It is what it is. Um, folks, we're speaking with Maggie Cradock. We're talking about her book, Lifeboat, Navigating Unexpected Career Change and Disruption. It's available everywhere. If you work outside the home, and by that I mean reporting to someone um, other than yourself, this book is truly a godsend for you. Um, it's going to help you stay sane, get clarity about yourself and what you want in conjunction with the company while you're moving forward. And um, when I read it, I got out of it. It also gave me information on if there was a change to be made, you know, to go ahead and make that change and not feel guilty about it. So what about that, Maggie? People, um, 
they, you know, a lot of people are afraid of change. I'm not. I'm one of those weird people. I will do things on a dime. I've had no problem burning bridges. Thank God I didn't need them again. But what about... <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, screw you, I'm gone. Um, but but what, what about being able to make that change or knowing when to make that change? Is that just something that you have to pull out deep within yourself and have clarity on what it is you want, as you'd mentioned earlier? Well, I, I think it's very, very important to do some of this inner work, if you can, in conjunction with it before you make these big leaps, because, because timing is an important piece of part of this, right? And the reason I say that, Monique, is that if, if you feel the need to make a change, because the emotional toll of working someplace feels unhealthy for you, I'm all about that. But be careful about doing your own inner work first, because if you don't, if you haven't worked through that inner iceberg, mm-hmm. you may, to your horror, discover that when you get to someplace new or you finally find a new opportunity, you've recreated the same the conditions same that you had before, right? Mm-hmm. Because we do that. Because these are, you know, these are lessons we create for ourselves in any environment or stage you play it out on. This can be the world of work. This can be your family system. This can be whatever. This can be the dating game for people, right? Mm-hmm. But you, you really want to understand what those core dramas, those core narratives are. Now, in all fairness, some people really do have dysfunctional uh, senior managers and leaders and things like this. But still, you have to work through completely your part of the process around recognizing it, doing everything you can, being direct, and being able to say to yourself from a clear, clean, strategic process internally, this isn't me. I can do more. Here's what I'm going to do. And I think that inner clarity almost like rings a bell in the environment. And you literally shift the probability of finding something that's more appropriate for you. One of the things is we've got to learn the lifeboat talks process talks about this. We're not doing this alone. None of us are doing life alone. Even though many of us shut and feel like we're all alone together, if you really think about what it is as a human being and how interconnected we all are when it comes to our food, our clothing, and even whether or not we wear masks in our health care, mm-hmm. you realize that this idea that I've got to figure it out and I've got to do it all No, that really isn't how life works. When you're clear within yourself, you will actually attract to you, enhance the probability that you are going to notice things you haven't noticed before, connect with people, and realize that chemistry you might not have seen before, and find opportunities to add value that, again, reinforce your core strengths and help you achieve success on your own terms. Okay. Um, I agree with that like ten thousand percent. I want to switch. <laughs> I want to switch gears a little bit. Um, you've written two other books. You've written Power Genes, and that was your second book. And the first book was The Authentic Career. As you were talking, um, I was thinking, and um, rarely, rarely do I think, right? But anyway, I was thinking about the authentic career. It seems like the books that you have written build up to Lifeboat. Does Am I reading that right? Like if you take the steps from the authentic career and then inject the power genes that you get to the lifeboat into a certain level of, I'm going to say, sanity? I I knew you were wonderful, Monique, but that really, that is what it's intended to be. It's intended to be a trilogy because the authentic career 
is literally a process for people to go through. It's a structured process to, to do those exercises and almost figure out what do I want to be when I grow up. So particularly mm-hmm. for people who are entering the workforce or have been in a career track for a while and they just don't know what they want to do, the authentic career is literally like a specialized coaching process that says if you do this work from the inside out, here's the kind of career you can build where you can't wait to get out of work on Monday morning. You can't wait to start working, but it's also helping you build a career where you're going to get fairly paid for what you do. Because Mm -hmm. understanding what you want to do is half of the process, strategic fit for a professional is being paid a fair wage to do it. And the authentic career gives people a process for both. Now, power genes is more about how, you know, I was talking about if you don't do your internal work, you're going to create it someplace else. Mm-hmm. It looks at the key power styles of people, and it breaks them down into being the pleaser, the charmer, the commander, the inspirer. And the thing about these power styles is they're forged in the family system. So, you know, if you came from a family system where your parents were very loving, but maybe they were preoccupied with another sibling or preoccupied making ends meet or whatever, and you were just never really felt like you got the validation or attention you needed, even though they were great, uh-huh. you can go into your work life always looking for validation, a pat on the head and am I good enough, and that can be your whole work style which will make you super emotional and anxious if you're not getting validated a lot. Mm. And we know that in the Internet environment, right, that can be tricky for people because it's really sort of a thank you next environment sometimes, not intentionally, but it's just all moving so fast and it's so transactional, right? Mm -hmm. You know, your charmers are your people who are really good at, like, manipulating and managing and appearances and everything. These are the people that waltz into a company, somehow manage to bond with the boss and get promoted over other people taking credit sometimes for work they haven't even really done, right? Mm -hmm. And how do they do that? Well, they grew up in a family system where their mom and dad might not have divorced, but they grew apart emotionally, and in that process, Mm -hmm. they made one of the kids their best friend. Mm -hmm. And that child learned how to sort of triangulate and turn authority on its head and bend the rules. They don't even think they're doing anything wrong, but they're really good at creating those emotional moments of um, subtle intimidation or even just sort of like seductive appeal. I don't mean that sexually. I just mean they're just so likable, you know, right, that they right. get what they want with half the effort of other people, right? We've seen that one, mm-hmm. you know. Your commanders are your hierarchical my way or the highway, and we've seen a lot of that these days, right? And then you have your inspirers who are people who come from family systems where maybe their parents were educators in this environment, their families may be healthcare workers, the people whose idea of value isn't just monetary. It's contributing to the greater good. And these are individuals who, do, who are a little bit like what you said, Monique. They're like, you know what? I don't appreciate the value system around here. I'm out of here. And these are people that companies really want to hang on to if they can. But they're Mm -hmm. also the same people that are self-empowered enough to walk away if it's not a fit. Because in the pit of their soul, they know there's more. And they'll figure out a new way. They'll figure out new rules. They'll they'll manage this from the inside out. So those are your power styles. Mm -hmm. And your power style will be different with me than it will be with other people on your broadcast. And people's power styles at work with your boss or with different people they're reporting to will shift. So you learn the nuances of how your power style is drawing certain expectations and reactions out of other people, 
-hmm. and you learn that art of agility so that you can reach a wider range of people more effectively. Because when it comes to being persuasive, getting promoted, or creating culture and all of this, one size does not fit all. We are not the same. Right. Right. Uh, Let me ask you a question. What are your thoughts on trading dollars for hours? And I'm really talking about the hourly wage person, not the executives right now. Is that really such a good idea that you're going to, you know, stay with XYZ company because they're giving you X amount an hour and the health insurance is paid? Or should we if we have the temperament at times, you know, strike out and say, okay, well, this is what I have learned and maybe I can come back and be a consultant to this company or strike out on your own in some other avenue? Because of my background in finance, I tend to think like a portfolio manager. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I say let's diversify. And I think you should diversify in terms of how you think of your career opportunities and your most important resources, which are your time and your energy, okay? So when we talk about things like how you're going to get paid or the hours or whatever, um, I, I think of, of, of careers like I think of a risk spectrum, Monique. So your least risky thing to do is what you're doing now or what you've always done. Okay, mm-hmm. that's the least risky thing. And if you can find another way to do it with people you absolutely love and the pay scale makes sense and whatever, and you have time left over to fully embrace your humanity, yay, right? Mm-hmm. But then if that's not working out, okay, then you have two other variables to start juggling. And that's who you know and what you know, okay? Mm-hmm. So who you know is your Rolodex, right? So you might be able to do something sort of related to what you've been doing in a different part of your industry. That's Mm -hmm. where a lot of people have been able to take their knowledge of fashion design and suddenly work with some of these internet companies that are taking all that stuff digital, right? Or Mm -hmm. same thing with, you know, how people are doing catering for homes and things like that. I mean, in our neighborhood, we've got a gentleman who, like, drives around and is a great business, like, delivering uh, restaurant-quality meat and vegetables to people that don't want to go to stores that he picks up, and he delivers it to their home. Oh, no, it's marvelous. Yeah, they're a really Uh smart guy, right? But then then you move the next thing over, and you talk about what new skills. What can you do? How do you retool? Now, this goes to do you spend time going on a class on the Internet? I know there's tons of them, you know, trying to learn Mm -hmm. more about uh, uh, communication or technology tools or all of this. I mean, what do we do to retool? What I would say to your listeners is let's not overlook some innate strengths you may already have that you've taken for granted. Some people are fantastic mediators. They can sort out the thorniest problems between people that are at odds with each other like you wouldn't believe. And they might have done it in one, uh, in one situation in the restaurant industry, but it might make them great for sorting out customer service problems in a totally different industry. Do you, you uh-huh. see where I'm going with that? They're just good uh-huh. with people. Some people can create results in any incentive environment. There's just those natural rainmakers. Some people are really good at process. Some people are really good at visionary thinking and thinking of ways of doing things that nobody thought of before. I always remember that wonderful Apollo 13 thing where they all run in the back room with all those different pieces and figure out how to get the spaceship back into orbit, you know? I mean, Mm -hmm. we've all got these strengths, and, and for some of us, they're so innate we don't even think about them. And then? It may be time for some of your listeners to do something that's been a lifelong dream that they've never thought of before, like start to paint or write a novel or whatever. 
But if this is going to become your money-making thing, remember I said you've got to figure out what you want to do and somebody to get you to pay it, mm-hmm. pay you to do it. I caution your listeners right now, like say you want to be a writer, <laughs> let's just be sure that you wrote in your high school yearbook. Let's be sure that you've written short stories. Let's say you've already tried a novel that you never got published, but it's in that brown paper bag. Because you want to make sure that your energy isn't be- being driven from what you're running away from, Monique. Your energy wants to be pulled towards what is genuinely a reflection of strengths that you came into this world with. Okay, folks. So you've heard it. It's about getting to know yourself and figuring out what it is that makes you tick and what you can contribute to the rest of the world. Okay, so Mac, I can't let you go without bringing this up because you do have a background in finance and you're a portfolio manager, as you have said. What are your thoughts? And this isn't political, folks. I'm just getting her thoughts, okay? Just thoughts. But what are your thoughts on the GameStop situation? I think that the GameStop situation is is really something we have to look at in terms of how we regulate the financial services industry, Monique, and here's why, okay? Um, I, I, I... I love the entrepreneurial spirit. As you know, I used to work on the trading floor. I love that sense of vision and enthusiasm that gets traders up in the morning. But let's remember that we have to look at this from more than one vantage point. One size doesn't fit all, right? Uh For a lot of us right now, we're thinking about our retirement uh, income and what's going on in the stock market writ large. By that, I'm talking about Uh the indices. I'm talking about the mutual funds. I'm talking about these places where we want to be able to invest. Uh We don't want to have to trade every day. We want to be able to walk away and know that this is safe, okay? So that's your investment view of it. What's going on with GameStop is trading, all right? And that's fine, but that's different. And we have to be careful that with all of the changes that are taking place in our world, in terms of public health, in terms of how we communicate, in terms of working remotely, that somewhere in the midst of this, we don't, like, break our capital market. Because we have to have an environment in which liquidity, a lot of which is parked in some very interesting places right now, liquidity can be put to work for people that aren't billionaires. There has been a big divide between people who had some savings and what happened in the market and and ran that up and people who've been living paycheck to paycheck. And that's another whole set of social problems that we're going to need to work through to maintain a lot of the core values that this country's always stood for. Uh But in terms of what's going on in the capital market, we really have to be able to regulate and protect an investment market where people can go in, put a certain amount of money to work, and have a reasonable expectation that this won't disappear overnight based on the whims of some maverick people that have the ability to play with the market like it's Mm -hmm. a toy. Because for a lot of people, this is not a toy. And I don't just say that because GameStop had game in the the name of it, right? I say that because a lot of retirees, a lot of people don't want to play that game. They don't want to trade. They want to know that there are fixed income and equity investments that they can follow some reasonable guidance around and in a nice, vanilla, simple way, put money to work and walk away and not worry 
that there's some sort of level that they don't know about or Loch Ness Monster of program trading swimming beneath the surface. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's going to come up and gobble up their investment, right? Uh-huh. That's uh-huh. not okay. And we can't rebuild our economy and rebuild, you know, the dignity of what we consider to be the working class American lifestyle without having that. And what's happening with GameStop is a trading anomaly that shows us a potential threat to the integrity of our capital markets. That's my view on it. Okay. Well, thank you. I appreciate your view on it. Now, I can't let you go without you providing us with a wonderful pearl of wisdom, as you did last time. Oh, well, wonderful pearl of wisdom. I'm going to say right now at this time when we we really can't, we don't know how long this is going to last. We don't know how bad this is going to get. We're going to have to, gratitude is a survival skill. Put this in perspective. This is still America. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We have an election which, while imperfect, did take place, right? We have people like fighting it out on all sides, but they still have the freedom to have that fight. And we still have a lot of resources in this, in this country, many of them for all of us, internal resources, our ambition, our energy, our personal power, and our ideals. While it's tempting to say that so much is changing, I just want to bury my head in the sand. Mm-hmm. I think for your listeners, this is just the point to find few things to be, to be grateful for and to nurture your humanity and replenish your personal energy during this period. Because I think it's, it's something that we need to do and it's something that we're just being invited to by circumstances around us. Thank you very much. Greatly appreciate it. Folks, we've been speaking with Maggie Craddock. The website is workplacerelationships.com. Her latest book, Lifeboat, Navigating Unexpected Career Change and Disruption. Um, a must-read book, especially for the times that we're in right now. So if you are, you know, working and you're looking for something different or you want to even enrich your experience where you're at now this is definitely the book for you maggie thanks so much for your time i greatly appreciate it monique thank you so much i so enjoyed this conversation Oh, you're welcome. And to the audience, I appreciate your time and your attention. And I want everyone to remember that the most important choice that you make is what you choose to make important. Consider making the masterful choice of navigating your own freaking work life. <laughs> but the <laughs> course <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't oh, it. But the blessings, white and love, all agape. Oh, <laughs>